goes. So tonight, that she is me, Pastor Liz, okay? So if Pastor Caleb, this wants you to know. You try some fishy business, funny business, I want you to know. I know. <laughs> but for real, you guys get me, Pastor Caleb's better half, tonight. You're welcome. <laughs> but for real, Caleb, I love you. Thank you for supporting me and always encouraging me. I'm glad to be here tonight. Um, well, I'm here every night, but you know what I mean. So we're just going to start off real quick. Have y'all ever, um, like, been, like, super starving, like, real deal, hungry? Okay. Yeah, me too. And y'all know I'm pregnant, so it happens often. But there are times in my pregnancy where I'm like, eh, I'm not really that hungry. Like, my, I had my snacks on deck today. I was pretty good. But then there's times where I'm like, man, out of nowhere it comes. I'm like, if I don't eat something right now, I'm about to die. And I'm not really a dramatic person, but when it comes to me being hungry, calm down. I can be a little dramatic, but it's my story. I'm really hungry. It is what it is. Um, but most of the time when I'm this way and I'm really hungry, I'm, I'm at home. So what I do, I grab a big bowl of cereal. Those, those are two things I always have in my house, cereal and milk. You can guarantee I will have that. Now, I'm eating it, and when I pour my cereal, it's not like you get one serving size. I don't know who does that. Maybe Alicia. She does that. I don't understand that. That doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to just pour what I want. So it's a big bowl, and I eat it, and I finish it. And then, like, a couple minutes later, I'll just turn to Pastor Kev. I'm like, man, I'm still hungry. And then he'll just look at me like, girl, what's new? You always hungry? And I'll just ignore his little comment and get up. And get, get me a snack. Depends what I feel like eating. Sometimes ice cream, sometimes chips, yeah. cookies, you know, all that good stuff. Um, and I'll get a snack and I'm eating it. And then after a while, I'm just like, this wasn't really what I wanted. So I go back and I find another one and another one. It's never what I wanted. Nothing seems to satisfy my hunger. And just like the hunger that I feel in my stomach, I've experienced emptiness in my life. And tonight, that's what I want to talk to you guys about is emptiness in our lives. Now, nobody knows this, but I made a title for my message. Whoa. You know, Pastor Caleb always be having these fancy titles for his message. So I was like, well, I got to be official and make myself a title. So my, mess my title message is Empty Spaces. And, ooh, yeah, it was a good one. Thank you. <laughs> um, so how many of you have ever can say that you've ever felt empty in one point of your life, empty in a relationship, empty in love, empty in joy, yeah? Now, how many of you can say that you've tried to fill those empty spaces with anything and everything, culture, a relationship, friends, money, yep, me too. So tonight, there have been, well, not tonight, but there have been several times in my life that I have felt empty, and I just want to share with you a time where I feel like mine started for me. And to be honest, I will say that this is not the easiest thing for me to do because I'm being very vulnerable and sharing personal information, but y'all can handle it, right? Yes. Okay, good. Um, so it started when I was in high school, so I was most of or some of y'all's age. And just like some girls, we want attention. 
We want love. We want to feel love. We want to be loved. And so I got myself in a relationship. And it started off great, just like any other relationship, you know. Butterflies, you know. Yes, so happy, hanging out, having fun. I don't know what we did in high school. I don't remember. It was so long ago, but I'm not going to talk about that. Um, But there was a time where it just... Little things here and there started to happen, and it kind of turned, the relationship turned into super unhealthy and toxic for the both of us. Now, this was a six-year relationship, and it was off and on, so all throughout high school and some of my college years. We would, we would call each other names. I was called something outside of my name. Girls should never be called outside their name, in case you didn't know. Uh, We were purposefully hurting each other. Y'all know that purposefully hurt when, oh, you hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you ten times back. Yes. That was us. Don't do that. I just want to sidebar. It doesn't work. Because you're just going to get hurt again, and it's going to feel ten times worse. So don't do it. It's not worth it. But we were two broken people just hurting each other. There was a lot of emotional hurt, mentally, spiritually, whatever you want to call it, emotional hurt. Everything, words were thrown in at each other. And throughout that relationship, the words that were spoken to me were, I started to believe. And I believe that they became me. They became the lens that I saw myself through. The, the, how I thought of myself, everything that was said to me. So there are times where I would look in the mirror and I'm like, man, you're not beautiful. I hate you. You're not worthy to be loved. No one's ever going to love you. Why would they love you? You're broken. And that was the start of me just feeling super empty on the inside. Until finally I was just like, you know what, I'm just over this long process, this back and forth of this hurting and hurting each other. And I just was like, I'm done. Not the, the, oh, I'm going to tell you I'm going to break up with you, but I really want you to fight for me. And give me attention, then I'm going to take you back. No, it was real deal, I'm done. And during that time, it wasn't easy, obviously. No breakup is fun. Um, But I got to reflect on the relationship, and I realized that I was using that relationship to fill a void in my life. And when I realized that, I also realized that I was still feeling just as empty not being in that relationship even after the breakup. And some of you are just like, "Mm, duh, it's a breakup, it sucks. And yeah, it does suck, breakups do suck. But because I was still feeling just as empty as I did in the relationship that I did now, I knew something else was wrong and something else was missing. So during that time, I was starting a new school, a new school in college. Um, So I was like, oh, maybe that will help fill some emptiness in me. Starting a new school, being around new people. No. Same problems, same emptiness. So I was like, okay, a new year's coming. And you know what people say when new year coming? New year, new me. No, same me, same problems, same emptiness. So I was like, well, something has to give. I'm going to try to fill it with something. And what do I do? I try friendships. I try... um, you know, friends that maybe weren't the best influence in my life, not bad people, just not the, bad, the best influence for me personally. 
I tried filling it with my job. I would work as many hours as they let me, and it would distract me from my schoolwork, just trying to fill time. Clubs, parties. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was before Jesus. Um, but yeah, most of the time those got me in trouble, so don't, that's okay. We're not going to go there. But even after all of that searching, all of that, all of the trying to find something to fill, I would still wake up and go throughout my day feeling empty. And this was the time where I knew that I was in a dark place. I knew where I was, I felt lonely. And I should have felt lonely because during that time I isolated myself from everyone. I didn't have energy to go do anything with anyone. I didn't want to talk to anyone. The only time I did was at school, work, and home. Those were the only places I would want to go. Work wasn't an option for me not to go to. I had to pay my bills. I had to pay for school. So school wasn't an option for me not to go because I was paying for it. So that was a waste if I didn't go. But home, that's where I wanted to be all the time. And honestly, I didn't want to be here on earth during that time. And so I knew I needed something to change my situation, but I didn't know what and I didn't know how. I just wanted to feel something again. I wanted to feel inspired. I wanted to feel encouraged to do something, to do good. Good, I didn't know what good was at that time, but I just wanted to do something that would make me feel again. And so after searching for encouragement online, that's what we do, I guess, um, I found a Pastor Scott's sermon on soul ties. If you don't know what soul ties are, I hardly encourage you to look it up. It's great. There's good and bad ones. But as I'm listening to this sermon online, part of me was a little salty because I felt like he was talking my business. <laughs> and he was talking to me and just calling me out. But it's what I needed in that moment. And, I, and as I'm listening to him, I'm like, man, this was so for me. And then all of a sudden, Pastor Scott said something about here in Lakeland. And I was like, Lakeland, what? I'm, I was living in Tampa, so I was like, okay, Lakeland's not that far from Tampa. So I decided that my first ever service was going to be on an Easter Saturday, April of 2016. And I went to that service, cried my eyeballs out. And you know, Pastor Liz is not an emotional person. Caleb, Pastor Caleb has all the emotion for us. But something about Jesus just gets me a little emotional, but that day was not a little. The floodgates was open, <laughs> and I could not close them. <laughs> but as I'm sitting there, obviously, Pastor Scott's telling my business. I'm sitting in the back of the pews because it was pews back then. Um, and I'm just listening, and I loved it because it was speaking to me. Worship was amazing. I came back two Sundays after and that, that's when I decided I wanted to give my life to Christ. Now, I didn't wake up and was like, I'm going to say yes to Jesus today. <laughs> no, that's not how it happens. It was a regular Sunday, got up, got dressed, drove to church and experienced free life chapels, worship experience. It was great, cried again. And the last thing that Pastor Scott talked about was give, if he did an altar call, and he asked if anyone wanted to raise their hand and give their life to Christ. And I was not the first person to raise my hand, but I felt Holy Spirit. Now, I didn't know that I was Holy Spirit at the time, 
But now I know it was Holy Spirit tugging on me to take that step, to take, to take the courage to take the step and give my life to Christ. And that's what I did. And then a month later, I decided to get baptized. And that was pretty life-changing for me. Um, yes. I, well, uh, as soon as I got up from out of the water, I felt like a brand new person. Like I was made new. I was made whole. Everything that I felt before was kind of gone. Was I perfect? No. I'm not going to be perfect. But that's when I realized that God took me from a place of emptiness, loneliness, and darkness to a place where he put some amazing people in my life that built me to where I am today. Because y'all know me, if you knew me before, I would not have stepped a toe, a fingernail on this stage. That's not my person. I'm an introvert. I'm behind the scenes type of girl, you know, one-on-one conversations. I'm good with that. But he put me in these places, in these positions where he given me opportunity, and which I'm so grateful for. But I also felt like the lies that I had that I had believed in the past relationship, I know they no longer exist. Do I struggle with other things? Yes, but I can say that today I am not where I used to be because Jesus turned my emptiness into fullness. I quickly learned that Jesus can fill all the empty spaces in our lives. The times I didn't feel loved, but God said in John 3.16 that he loved me so much that he gave his only son. The time where I didn't feel beautiful, God said in Genesis 1.27 that I'm made in God's perfect image. In Psalm 139.14, it says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. The time that I didn't feel self-value, God says in 1 Peter 2.9 that I am chosen, I am royalty, and I am God's special possession. Some of you are struggling with which option of your, in your life that you're going to um, listen to, just like I did. Which opinion that you're going to listen to. And I had the option to listen to people's voices and opinions in my life. Or find a new one. I didn't have a youth group growing up to go to like this or at all. I didn't grow up in church. I wasn't in an environment that talked about Jesus and the goodness of him and his faithfulness and his grace and his forgiveness. When I was your age, I didn't know that the emptiness that I was feeling was really a hunger for Jesus. Later on is when I realized that my emptiness was a wake-up call for me to get closer to Jesus. And some of you in this room may be feeling that, have felt that emptiness, loneliness, or have been put in a dark place before or there now. And I'm here to tell you that it's time to get closer to Jesus. This is your wake-up call. This is the time for you to experience him again. If you haven't experienced him at all, experience him for the very first time in your situation. This is not the end of your story. No relationship, no party, no friend, no drink can ever fill the emptiness that you feel. Only Jesus can fill the empty spaces in our lives. We just have to stop trying to replace Jesus and start choosing Jesus. So, 
So tonight, I just want to encourage you all, if you are in that place and you can say, Pastor Liz, I know how you felt. I know I've been there or I'm here. You're not alone. Jesus loves you and he thinks the world of you. His passion is to know you and to be with you always. He doesn't want you to live a hurt life, but he does want to heal those empty places in your heart to give you a full life. We just have to make sure that God's voice and opinion is the loudest in our, in our lives, in our ears. So I don't know where you are, but I hope that this touched you somewhere, someone, because it's touched me and it's helped me get to where I am today because God is going to fulfill us in every area of our life. Everybody stand to your feet. Everybody stand to your feet. The emptiness that you and I feel is a wake-up call that we need to get closer to Jesus. Some of us think it's a wake-up call to get new friends. Sometimes it is. Some of us think it's a wake-up call that we need to stop listening to this type of music, and sometimes it is. More often than not, I found out that the reason why my life isn't going the way that it needs to, the reason why I don't feel the self-esteem that I should, the reason why uh, I'm not behaving the way that I should, or life isn't going the way that I planned it out, most of the time, the reason why is because I'm doing what Liz said. I'm picking other things instead of choosing Jesus. It's, It's funny, and I don't understand why, but that's why he's God. I don't understand why picking him seems to be the solution to any and every problem that I have in life. So I want everybody to bow your heads, close your eyes, please. And I want to pray for two different groups of people. I think Liz set this up and teed it up perfectly. She said it was not on her own doing that her life decided to change, but it's because she accepted Jesus. And it was that decision that she made. She didn't wake up in the morning saying, this is what I'm going to do. But she was at a church service where she felt, man, I need to do this Jesus thing. And I I don't know what it's going to take, but I just need to say, I bet I'm going to do it. I'm not committing to being perfect, but I am committing to try. And man, how much of a disservice would it be if we didn't give you the opportunity, if you don't know Jesus to be your savior. If you don't know and you haven't accepted him into your heart and you want to do so with every head bowed and with every eye closed, if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand and we're going to pray a prayer together as a group. But if that's you, you're saying, you know what? I want to accept Jesus into my life tonight. I've never done that before. I want to accept him into my life. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Man, if everyone will repeat this prayer after me, everybody say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe that you're my Savior. I believe that you love me, and I pray that you forgive me of my sins. Help me be closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. With every head bowed, every eye closed still.
The Bible said that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of Man, or the Son of God, then you were saved. So for those of you who, man, that was your first time, life just got better. You just got an upgrade. I don't feel like I got an upgrade. I didn't ask you if you felt it. It just happened. And you'll start to begin to see things happen. But then I want to pray for one more group of people. Maybe, all right, I've accepted Jesus, and I've done this before. But, man, if I'm, if I'm going to be honest with myself, like, I said that prayer, but I'm not living like it. I'm not talking like it. I'm not behaving like it. And it ain't that I'm going to be perfect, but it's almost like I forgot that I once done said that. But you know what, tonight I actually want to rededicate my life. I just want to get another alignment just saying that, you know what, I, I am choosing to do this thing right. I've chosen it in the past. Maybe I walked away from it for a second, but I'm going to go and I'm going to choose that over what I've been doing. And if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Oh, yeah, hands all over. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 39. I count so you know that you're not alone. I count so you know that this is not the weird thing to do, but other people are doing this as well. And if I can be honest, I'm raising my hand as well to rededicate to recenter because it's something that we all need to do. And so, Jesus, we say thank you so much for allowing us to have the grace of your forgiveness, of your mercy, of you dying on the cross for our sins. We're so grateful that you don't ever ask us to be perfect in life. All you do is ask us to pursue you. And even when we haven't been doing that properly, you still make a way for us to come right back to you. When we turn away from you, you never turn away from us. The moment that we decide to face you again and to choose doing things your way, the moment we relink eyes with you because never once have you walked away from us. The Bible says that you stick closer than a brother. And so, Jesus, we say thank you so much for staying true to your character and is what we say, being who you are famous for, the Savior of the world. Jesus, we realign reconnect our lives with you. God, I pray that you help us with our words, with our actions, with our heart, with the motive behind why we do things. Let us keep you at the forefront of our mind, understanding that when we do things your way, we will get your results in life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.